it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for Dodger Baseball. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I've needed you far more than you needed me. Vince Scully joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show. My achievements have really been the achievements of others. Montana throwing in the end zone. She is gone! Today's guests, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, United States President's Cup Captain, Davis Love III, legendary broadcaster, Bob Costas, Colts defensive tackle, DeForest Buckner, and now... It's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here in Los Angeles, California. I am your humble host sitting here on the the set here of the Rich Eisen Show on NBC Sports on Peacock and NBC Sports Audio Sirius XM Channel 85. Pleased to be here with you on this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate or the Odyssey app or YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for anything that you're going to miss over the next three hours or uh, our podcast version. We always appreciate anybody taking in this show uh, whenever they darn well please, which you can do with our podcast available thanks to those at the Cumulus Podcast Network. Good to see you over there, Christopher Brockman. How are you, sir? Hey, Rich. I'm great. How are you? Mike Del Tufo is in his chair. Good to see you, too, as well, DJ Mikey D. And light the candles, sir. Good to see you, TJ Jefferson. Good to see you. Uh-oh, you got to do it's it. Late oh, and it's good to goodness. be seen. Yes, yes, yes. Rich, it takes a bit of time. <laughs> to realize when you've got control of yes. your own microphone. Well, like, you know, I, I turned it off learn. real quick because you could always hear me clicking the bit here. It's so okay. I went to like, oh, okay, you I thought it annoyed you, so that's it's why I went called, to turn it off. It, it's called uh, setting setting uh, an ambiance. Right. Yeah. What you're doing, you're, you're, setting, uh, you're setting an ambiance. I just wasn't so. trying to annoy you with it. Uh, I, I appreciate that. So joining us here uh, <laughs> in about uh, 18 minutes' time uh, is Mike Florio. He's going to take a little victory lap because he's the one who was telling us all about, hey, Tom Brady uh, retired from uh, from football without saying retirement, because he had an interest in maybe joining the Miami Dolphins front office and potentially playing quarterback for them for Sean Payton to be his head coach. And everybody's like, what, what? Ben Volan, I believe, of the Boston Globe was uh, talking about that as well. And everybody's like, what, what? (laughs) Well, uh, the commissioner, upon hearing that, said, what, what? (laughs) And they looked into it, and uh, the Dolphins got smacked down pretty hard, uh, as did the owner of the Dolphins yesterday by the NFL. Uh, who are also waiting to hear from on the Deshaun Watson front? Are they going to appeal uh, themselves? I guess are they gonna they're gonna try and uh, keep the suspension ball up in the air for Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. Mike Florio will join us shortly. DeForest Buckner of the Indianapolis Colts will be joining us on this program. One of our favorites to to talk to the Oregon Duck by way of also San Francisco now in Indianapolis, where Matt Ryan plies his craft. He will join us. Uh, Davis Love the Third is going to join us because he's got something to say about the Live Tour and about his love of the PGA Tour. And um, and we have some questions about the PGA Tour uh, jacking up their prize money to be more than the Live Tour. And isn't that why the Live Tour said they started is to try and get the PGA Tour's attention? Uh, the question is, though, if you join the Live Tour, you can't go back to the PGA Tour. No backsies. No backsies. Yeah, you took your finger off that piece, huh? Yeah, no backsies. So Davis Love the Third will join us, and Bob Costas will join us in the final hour to talk about what we're about to lead this show with. Start this show by uh, remembering an all-time great, Vin Scully, passing away last night at the age of 94. What a life in full this man led, and so much of it in our living rooms. And 
and providing the words to the pictures we saw on television or for so many here in Los Angeles, California, painting the word picture for you as the radio voice and then simulcast voice of Los Angeles Dodgers baseball. The great Vin Scully, who I first heard about from my parents, who... uh, I can maybe count on uh, one hand the number of times I talked sports with my dad uh, as a kid. He really wasn't into it that much. And the same thing with my mom. because my brother who got me into sports. But my parents, being from Brooklyn, New York, told me all about Vince Scully. And that's part of Vin's incredible story. 1950 is when he began calling games for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Brooklyn Dodgers, Dodgers organization. So when he started calling games for the Dodgers and calling games for people, Vin Scully broadcast for 67 years. Wow. He could tell you stories about Jackie Robinson because he was there when Jackie Robinson was there. He tells stories that you could see all over Twitter and all over social media and YouTube, like uh, uh, skating on ice skates in a race with Jackie Robinson. (laughs) He called a perfect game for Sandy Koufax and a no-hitter for Clayton Kershaw. He called so many great moments nationally because NBC Sports and CBS Sports found out about the guy who was calling all those games for the Dodgers and like, let's get Vin in front of a national audience. And that's when I first got to know him. Being a man of 53 years old now, that's when I first got to know Vin Scully in the 80s when he was calling games every single week for NBC. When he was calling games in the World Series when he was calling some of the greatest moments of all time. Like Kirk Gibson's home run in game one of the 1988 World Series. When everybody... And look who's coming up. And with two out, you talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. High fly ball into right field. She In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. Yep. I have goosebumps. How about you? Yeah, jeez. Head to toe. And that was two years after we thought he had made the greatest call of his entire professional career calling baseball games nationally, coast to coast. Sorry, Chris, but this is it. The Buckner play. Mm. Game six of the 1986 World Series when it looked like the Red Sox were going to break the curse and they had the Mets dead to rights until the Mets started to come back and Mookie Wilson stepped to the plate. So the winning run is at second base with two out, three and two to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first, behind the bag, it gets through Buckner, Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. And bets by Buckner behind the bag. I've got goosebumps again. Uh-huh. And, you know, if we had played that a little bit longer and had um, the time to do it, because we will have so much to talk about then here, you'll hear one thing after another with his calls is the sense of meeting the moment with his voice and then shutting up and letting you see the moment and feel the moment and hear the crowd and then come back in with something else to say. Like he said at the end of the Gibson home run. And also for the catch. Yes, Vin Scully called one of the most seminal moments in the history of the National Football League as well. 
calling football games for CBS Sports. He was in the booth in Candlestick Park on January 10th, 1982. The NFC Championship game of the 81 season, 49ers and Cowboys. Yes, kids, when we talk about the 49ers and Cowboys having a long-standing rivalry, this is the day it essentially was born when the 49ers finally hit back on the Dallas Cowboys with Tom Landry and the Cowboys up and Joe Montana taking the snap on third and three from the six-yard line. They're six yards away from Pontiac. Third and three. We'll see a pick of some kind on the right side, possibly. Montana looking, looking, throwing in the end zone. It's a madhouse at Candlestick with 51 seconds left. Dwight Clark is 6'4". He stands about 10 feet tall in this crowd's estimation. Meeting the moment, being quiet, enhancing the moment. It's so simple sounding, right? Not everyone can do it. And certainly nobody ever did it like Vin Scully or does it now. Even Al Michaels calls him the greatest to ever do it. Called Masters moments. He called so many moments. And nobody, nobody, and I think everyone else who calls games in baseball for a living, nobody could perfectly broadcast the game and the pace of the game and spin a yarn in between pitches like Vince Scully. The stories he would tell while calling games, it's what you love about baseball when you sit there with your friend or your mom or your dad or your grandparent and you're just in between pitches and you turn and you tell a story. You know what happened to me today? You know, or you know what happened to that guy? I remember I saw that guy... Uh, play baseball, you know, five years ago in this game, and you'd tell stories, and Vin would tell you stories, and you'd be completely enwrapped by them. Nobody will ever do this again, because I found this out when I first moved here to Los Angeles. And you move here to L.A., and you talk about sports, certainly when I moved here in L.A. Uh, back in you know, 2003, And Susie was here years before that. And my brother was here years before that. So I've been coming to Los Angeles for, you know, and living here and also coming to Los Angeles for almost 30 plus years now. And everyone, the first person when you start talking about sports would say, oh, you got to listen to Vin call a game. I'm like, well, no, I listened to, I mean, I have the Buckner moment and the the, uh, Gibson moment and all these moments. No, no, no. You got to listen inning one through nine. You got to get the whole thing. And there's nobody like it. And you're driving around in traffic and you're just staring at the taillights and you're just saying, what the hell's the matter with this 405? What the hell's the matter? You turn on the game and Vin just, okay, I don't have to, I don't have to be where I think I need to be. You're stuck, you're happy stuck in traffic listening to that guy. And nobody will ever do this again. And anybody who watched Dodger baseball knows this. The Dodgers would come back from commercial break in the middle of the game of the fourth or the fifth inning a minute, 90 seconds early. In other words, foregoing advertising revenue just so Vin can turn his back to the field and his face to the camera and tell a story for 60, 90 seconds and then turn around and then here we go. Let's go. Top of the fifth, bottom of the fifth, whatever. You won't see that anymore ever again. Ever again. I don't even know if I'm doing this man justice. But I'm trying my best. Because I will tell my kids about him. Uh, they you know, they kind of heard that he retired in 2016. I'll tell my kids about him. Just like my parents told me about him. And yeah, people might be fortunate to do it for 67 years. Wow. Somebody might match that, but the 67 years, you know, starting in the Jackie Robinson era, mm-hmm. 
you know, and finishing up in the late teens of the 21st century and spanning that era. Oh, by the way, he called Henry Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's record. He was there because the Dodgers were the team that Hank Aaron did it against. And he met that moment, too. Aaron waiting, the outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Butner goes back to the fence. It is gone. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron. Vince Scully, may you rest in peace, and thank you for doing what you did in the manner in which you did it in meeting all those moments for us in the way we needed it and years later and forevermore cherish it. A guy who many of us wanted to meet and fortunate I got a couple chances to do it. He called into this show. And many wanted to meet, and for those who never did, you knew him. Rest in peace, Vince Scully. We'll talk about it with Bob Costas in hour number three of this program. You can call in as well. You want to tell stories? Let's do it. That's what this is about. 844-204-RICH. Please call. Let's talk stories. That's what he did for us. Let's do it for him and his memory. 844-204-RICH if you'd like to do it. Debo Samuel spoke yesterday. Bill Belichick spoke today. He was asked about the Dolphins tampering with Tom Brady while he was still with the Patriots. His answer is indeed today's moment in Bill Belichick press conference. History, if you will. Uh, He will be, uh, (laughs) you don't want to miss that. Uh, Mike Florio, though, when we come back, let's talk some ball. Uh, with Mike Florio, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. I believe Mike's already in Canton, Ohio, so I'll be seeing him shortly. The host of Peacock's PFT Live and the author of Playmakers, Mike Florio, when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
844-204-RICH, number to dial. Chrome Soft, the golf ball that I use when I play golf for my friends at Callaway, it's sitting out there for you to use, and trust me, you will love it. It actually feels different hitting this golf ball, and I have no feel when I hit anything, usually, but I do now. The regular Chrome Soft designed for the widest range of golfers who want better feel, more distance, incredible forgiveness. If you're looking for more workability, there's a Chrome Soft for you. It's called Chrome Soft X, tour-level short game control. Finally, this Chrome Soft XLS gives you a lower spin on long uh, on uh, a on longer shots, firmer feel, but still a high spin around the greens. And now every Chrome Soft is ready to roll for you because they're all enhanced with precision technology, which uses design techniques and manufacturing specifications up to one one thousandth of an inch. This ensures they're the highest quality, most consistent, fastest golf balls available. When you add it all up, it's so simple. Chrome Soft is better for the best and better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. 844 204 Rich is the number to dial here on the program. Uh, Chris Brockman, um, is there any poll question you might have in mind today? I know I'm kind of throwing you a curveball oh. on, on this sort of thing, but uh, what do you what do you what do you think it over there? Anything on that front? No, I'm just trying to. You want to do? Uh, should we do Vin's best moment of the ones we played? Yeah, before? I think that's a good one. I think that's a really good one. All right, so we had hold on. What, which ones do we? We had the catch. We had Gibson's home run, Buckner moment, we and had then Buckner, and then Aaron. the uh, Hank Aaron home run. There you go. If you do that, and how about that? By the way, the the home run that Aaron hit, that um, Scully called, the left fielder, the ball was, went over was Bill Buckner because he played for the Dodgers at the beginning of his career. Oof. And 12 years, that's kind of like the baseball gods kind of winking at you right there, right? So, uh uh-huh. You want to do that? Yeah, I'm putting it up right now. So what's your favorite of Vince Scully's legendary calls? Catch, Gibson's home run, Buckner 86 series, or Aaron's record break? Rich, we were talking about how great these guys were solo in the booth. And Vin... Doing what he did. Yeah, you don't hear that too much anymore, right? No. Even in radio, a lot of the guys, we were saying, because I, I love Brockman's crew from, from New England. They're amazing. Like, I listen to them on the radio, on NFL, you know, when I'm driving. It's like some guys, like they all have another guy in them with them. They all have a color commentator with them. Play-by-play and a color in the booth. It's amazing to know that Vin, how great he was. It's like, he's just one of the many. Right. Solo guy. Plus, we know baseball games can take four hours, yeah. you know, and if it's a blowout, you're just trying to kill time. So, to, you know, to fill that the air with the stories, that's that's what, you know, a unique skill. Okay, let's uh, let's head to uh, the phone lines. Mike Florio is going to be calling in in a moment. Uh, Nick in Irvine, California. Go for it, Nick. You're on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, well, listen, I'm 55, and uh, so I grew up with Enberg and Drysdale and uh, Scully and Hearn. And people don't realize, Lakers-Dodgers in the 70s when I was practicing basketball eight hours a day, shooting hoops with my little radio next to the court, that, that they only had 40, 50 games a year on TV, okay? So every other game you had to listen to on the radio. And that, that meant Vin. So Vin was my summers. Vin was my childhood. And Vin, uh, you know, I ended up being a professional writer. And I think a lot of it was that imagination when I'm like seven, eight, nine years old, just throwing up thousands of jumpers a day, practicing, practicing, listening to the pregame, listening to the postgame. Vin was all over it with his – he was just a, a poet laureate. Like he would have done what he did – as a Dodger, he would have done it if he was in Greece uh, back in the day. He would have done it with the balladeers of the 15th century. Okay. He was just that uh, superb at what he did. And then to combine his reputation, which was of the nicest guy. So this is he – was, he was Dodger fans' Dodger number one. If you take a poll, put up a poll, who's the greatest Dodger of all time, it was Vin Scully. He never took – in that bat, he never threw a pitch, 
greatest Dodger ever. Thank you, Vin. Thank you for the then. Thank you for the recollection, Nick. Greatly appreciated here on the Rich Eisen Show. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Daryl in Raleigh, North Carolina, calling in about Vin. What's up, Daryl? Hey, Rich. Uh, appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share some memory. I, I I grew up in upstate New York and was grew up as a Mets fan. Uh, my my grandparents lived in southern Pennsylvania during the summertime, and the wintertime would winter in Vero Beach, Florida, which is where the Dodgers had their uh, their, their their spring camp. Um, so they were huge Dodgers fans, and I remember visiting my grandparents during the summer. We used to sit in their screened-in porch, and they'd watch Dodger games every day. And I remember sitting there watching watching those with them. And now, up until this today anytime i hear vin scully's voice it throws me back there to you know be a little kid in the late 70s early 80s um and, and being a being a mets fan i was uh, um i namesake love daryl strawberry one year they came back from florida gave me a signed poster um, from daryl strawberry and they bring balls and things but just want to share that always always hearing vin scully's voice uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier you know, if you're driving on the highway it's just it was so so calming and comfortable that he would just make you feel part of the game. And it was always, even if he was calling a current game, it almost felt like memories. Daryl, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. That's Daryl in North Carolina. We all have these memories. And please call 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We'll take them as as you're willing to give them. And Bob Costas will join us in hour number three to talk about Vince Scully. Joining us now on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line from Canton, Ohio, where the Pro Football Hall of Fame game is tomorrow night on NBC. And the Hall of Fame ceremony, you can catch it on NFL Network at noon Eastern time. I'll be sitting there on the set hosting it um, in uh, Canton, Ohio on Saturday. Joining us on that Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, Pro Football Talk, and our friend Mike Florio back here on the show. How you doing, Mike? Rich, my deepest apologies. I have been a loyal Sprint customer since 2006 Mm -hmm. when they became the first primary sponsor of PFT. And I have been too loyal because they are now no longer Sprint and I need to put a new SIM card in my cell phone for it to work. Mm, so I can't take or receive phone calls, so I had to go old school. Wow. Hotel, I'm surprised they still have phones in hotel they rooms. They do. I'm glad they, they do. do. And they work, although this looks like the original phone that was installed when they built this hotel, whenever <laughs> that may have been. Anyway, first world problems. No, it's all good, man. A cell phone that Sp- does not take or receive phone calls. Sprint is now called Marathon. Who knew? Okay, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. Well, uh, th- all right. Uh, it's time for a victory lap, Michael. Congratulations <laughs> on a story that you've been telling us about for months. And, um, and, uh, and, and Roger Goodell, I guess... Have you ever had the commissioner confirm one of your stories, Mike? Has that ever happened no, this before? Is the first. No, this is absolutely a first. Although everybody I thought knew about it. I right. don't know why the the major networks were staying away from it. But Sims and I were, were Chris Sims, who co-hosts PFT Live with me four days a week, he and I were both hearing things throughout the month of February. And I got to a point on a Friday night late in the month where he and I were texting. It's like, you know, I want to really try to position this for something we can use on the show Monday morning. And I actually did responsible reporting, seeking out the teams for comment and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, you know, we got something here. There's, we, we got something here. And then as time went by, because we were very careful how we couched it at first, that just basically the Dolphins were interested in trying to get Peyton and Brady. As time went by... It became clear to me that it was a done deal, that Brady, who retired on Tuesday, February 1, the following week was going to be named a minority owner of the Dolphins. At some point after that, Sean Payton was going to be named the head coach of the Dolphins. At some point after that, in the spring, Tom Brady was going to become the quarterback of the Dolphins. It was all set up. It was all going to happen. And before they could flick the first domino, on the same day Tom Brady retired, Brian Flores files his lawsuit and blows it all up. But the question I have on all that is is, is if, I guess not if, I mean, the, the, the commissioner in the league says this happened, when they reached out to Brady in 2019 and then again in 2021 to talk about all of this or try and lay the groundwork for it, and when they called uh, Sean Payton's agent, Don Yee, who is also you know, associated with Brady, to start this conversation, 
How did they think it would be received uh, with them just saying, look who the new quarterback and part owner of the Dolphins is. Look who the new coach is. Wouldn't the Saints and Bucks say, hold on a second? Like, at what point did the brazenness have a cover story in their minds, Mike? Well, because and, and this this may be the reason why, Rich, people have asked me why didn't the Patriots, the Saints, or the Buccaneers get any compensation as part of this tampering violation. Because in the past, in some instances, the victims get something. They get flip-flop of draft pick order. Whatever the case may be, they get something. I think in this case, and I know, for this to have all been set up and be done, at the highest levels of these organizations, Dolphins and Saints, there was a deal for Peyton. Highest levels of the Dolphins and Bucks, there was a deal for Brady. It's just a matter of it playing out. So, yes, it was brazen. Yes, it was blatant. But they also had everything set up and ready to go. Just like when Sean Payton was going to be coach of the Cowboys in early 2019. It was all set up and ready to go. And just before they started the process, it blew up. You start the process by the Cowboys creating a vacancy. Now, the Dolphins already had a head coaching vacancy. And Payton had already resigned from the Saints. And I wonder, Rich... Mm. Would either of those things have happened if they'd known they weren't going to get Peyton? Would Peyton have stayed with the Saints for another year if he didn't think he was going to land in Miami? And would the Dolphins have kept Flores if they knew that they weren't going to get Sean Peyton? Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. The thing that I'm kind of surprised about, and I'll say, I use the word su- su- surprised, I do, is that Brady's receiving blowback in certain parts for this. I mean, what's he supposed to do? Say, uh, call call the... The NFL police that he's being reached out to, um, that he's being tampered with. Certainly when, you know, obviously, if you remember in 2019, it was the summer where Brady was essentially told the contract that he was looking for or the money he was looking for that would keep him in New England wasn't coming. What's he supposed to do? Hang the phone up and not listen? I mean, I don't understand that. Right? Well, and it's a great point. And look, he's completely beyond the bubble of any potential discipline here because it would be a union issue and there's no policy in place for being the one who is tampered with. And there's no rule that says you can't be somebody that a team impermissibly talks to. But I I think from a PR standpoint, and and look at the timeline and look at, look at like in as, as, as late as early December or what was it? it was, I can't remember how they worded it, but it would happen in December of 2021 while they're making the push toward the end of the regular season. And he's yes. with the Bucks, and he's supposedly all in with the Bucks, and he's talking to the Dolphins then. That, that's the kind of thing that Buccaneers fans should, should probably say, well, what the hell? I mean, are you focused on trying to win with us? What are you doing here? Why, why are you trying to set up your next gig while we're, while we're trying to finish this year? with another Super Bowl win. And to be talking to the Dolphins in 2019 and 2020 while he's still doing business with the Patriots, I just think it's a bad look. Sims made the point today, you know, how will he be received in the locker room? Will he get the side eye from any of his teammates? And I think because he's Tom Brady, he won't. Right. But, but I think it is fair to say, how all in are you with your current effort to try to cap the season with a Super Bowl win if you're allowing yourself to be distracted by who you're going to be playing for next year? I don't know if he's distracted, though, Mike. I'll, 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 I'll bite on that. I, I think he can compartmentalize and win and want to win because he just, you know, winning is, is, is everything. That he can still, you know, focus on the task at hand while his um, agent is handling what could come next. He's certainly if it's, if it's uh, uh, ownership, right? I mean, does that, I mean, I, I don't know. Now you got to do the math. The, the, the money that Fox is going to pay him to broadcast, is that, is that more than what he could make as an owner of a team? I, I have to feel that's the case. Uh, I'm wondering, like, what does he really want to do with his career well, it when he's done? Well, on how big the percentage is, right? frankly. And, and also, I, I, he was coming to Miami to ultimately play, not just to be about that? a minority owner. And here's Crazy. the other side of it, too. Let's not be naive. This isn't the only time this happens. This happens all the time. I was going to ask that. With all sorts of players. Yeah. You, you think Russell Wilson and his agent, Mark Rogers, had no conversations with the Broncos during the 2021 season? Do <laughs> you think that didn't happen? Right? I mean, it, 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 and I think that's one of the reasons why the punishment of the Dolphins wasn't as much 
as it should have been when you look at the words of the commissioner, the severity and scope, unprecedented, owner directly involved. I've never encountered that in all my years of the NFL. Well, why is it just what it is then? Why isn't it more? Because it happens all the time. It happens casually. It happens nonchalantly. The Bucks did it with Brady, Bruce Arians, at a press conference talking to reporters at the Combine in 2020. While Brady is still under contract with the Patriots, Aaron says they're interested in Brady. Textbook blatant violation of the tampering rules, but the NFL doesn't care. The NFL ignores 99.999% of the tampering violations, and then every once in a while, oh, we, we, we're going to enforce the rule. And, and going forward, like, are people going to be scared straight by this? Probably not, because I think people understand, in this case, I don't think they believe they could punish Stephen Ross for tanking because of the implications of doing so. So we had to get him for something. So we'll get him for this. Well, I mean, I guess uh, tampering uh, will be um, uh, hammered down on if it's put in a a lawsuit that you did it. (laughs) You know, I guess that you can't ignore it if that is what you're you're saying, that the the league, it was put right there in Brian Flores' lawsuit. What happens with Flores' lawsuit right now? Now that we know that part of it, what he alleged on a boat, even without naming Tom Brady, flat out happened. So what happens now with that lawsuit, Mike Florio? What do you think? That lawsuit continues to be bogged down, Rich, on the preliminary question of whether or not it's going to play out in court Mm. or whether it's going to be diverted to the NFL's in-house arbitration system where the commissioner makes the final decision and it all happens in secrecy. And obviously the scales of justice that are supposed to be perfectly even are tilted in favor of the NFL because the commissioner is the one who's making the decision. And as of right now, there's a pending effort by Flores's lawyers to be able to take discovery, get information, question the commissioner about his true bias, how much money he's making, how the NFL owners have viewed him, that kind of thing. So they can then argue he can't be impartial in any way, shape or form in controversies involving the teams that have hired him to be the commissioner. It's amazing to me because this issue has been hiding in plain sight for as long as I've been covering the NFL. The commissioner serving as arbitrator for certain claims made against teams. Of course the commissioner can't be fair. The commissioner has, as one party, the people who employ him, and as the other party, people who don't. It's, a, it's an inherent bias that no one should be expected to even try to shake. So I think it's going to be caught up in that issue for months to come, and it's going to take months slash years for this case to ever get resolved. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. Before I let you go on with your Canton Day, sir, uh, what's happening with the league's decision to appeal Sue Robinson's six-game suspension for Watson or leave it the way it is? Rich, I expect an appeal to be filed before the deadline. Whenever the specific deadline is, I think they're going to file it. And I think what they're going to do, because Judge Robinson made findings of fact, and those are the only things that she does that are binding on the commissioner. Those findings of fact are, he did it. And that gives the commissioner everything he could want or need to say, I appreciate your decision to suspend him six games. I disagree with it. I'm going to suspend him for the whole season, or whatever, whatever he chooses to do. I think she's given him the blueprint, the roadmap, and the green light to do whatever he wants to do on appeal. I expect the appeal to happen, and I expect the suspension to be increased, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was a full season because that's what they asked for. That's what the people who worked for Roger Goodell went into the hearing before Judge Robinson and requested. Why would they change their minds a month later? I... I People need to get ready for this because at a minimum, at a minimum, it's going up. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a full season. And if it is, the Players Association's next move would be to do what? File a lawsuit in federal court. Then it becomes a race to the courthouse. And we've seen this before. Ezekiel Elliott filed his lawsuit a little bit too early and initially won in Texas, but then lost because he filed it too early. See, the NFL's got a great system set up here because they won the Tom Brady case. They won the Ezekiel Elliott case. All the NFL has to do is file its own lawsuit in federal court in New York City before Deshaun Watson would file his lawsuit wherever, in Ohio or wherever he would file it. And when you know 
when the decision is going to become final from the commissioner. I mean, they control the starter's pistol in the race to the courthouse. So you send the kid down to the courthouse. He's ready to file the paperwork. You text him that the commissioner finalized his decision. Boom, you file the lawsuit. You win the race to the courthouse. You're in a favorable form. I won't bore anyone with the details as to why it's favorable, but it is. And then the NFL wins. And, Rich, at the end of the day, judges don't like to get involved when labor and management have come up with a procedure for resolving complaints like this. And the union agreed that the commissioner has final say. What can you do? What can you do? The union agreed to it. So even though he's not the guy who's judge and jury, he still is the appeals court. And the appeals court's always the most powerful of any of the people in the overall process. But you can get a temporary restraining order to put Deshaun Watson on the field week one, right? While this whole thing plays out. That, that, that is the, no, I don't the think rub there. Because they're not fighting the six-game suspension. I think this is a week seven question. It's an excellent point. Great instincts. And I've poked around on this. I've been around. I think if they would go to court, they've already conceded the first six games. This is week seven at Baltimore. Because that's what Brady did, didn't he? Didn't he do that, or who did that? Somebody. Brady was facing four games from week one. Right. Brady. Brady delayed it a whole year because he initially won in court, but he lost at the appeals level. And right. the precedent from that case is what gets used against Watson if the NFL wins the race to the courthouse. But because Judge Robinson already has found a six-game suspension. And unless the NFLPA appeals that, and they've already said they won't, I don't think any of this becomes relevant until week seven. What if Goodell? Even if they fight in court. What if Goodell just doubles it, goes to twelve with the players' association sue on that? Like what I'm saying is, is, is what what um, increase of of um, penalty would would you think the players' association accept? None. I think the reporting from Charles Robinson a few weeks ago was if it's full season, they'll go to court. It's a great question, though. If it's 14, if it's 12, if it's 10, will they exercise their prerogative to go to court? That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that, yes. but I would assume there's a number short of 17 that would cause them to say, let's, just, let, let's not reinforce the bad precedent that we already have in, in New York and in the appeals court that controls New York that makes it harder for us to, to win if and when we ever have to take these cases to court. Maybe they just step, step aside and take it. But you're right. There's a, there's a number between 6 and 17 where they quite possibly would say, we're, we're just, we just want this to be over, and we're not going to spend the time because at the end of the day, they're probably going to lose anyway. Mike Florio, greatly appreciate it. Hope to see you in Canton. Um, I, I think housekeeping was trying to get in during this conversation. They were. Okay, they you, were, go, you I'm, go do I'm that. they didn't come in. <laughs> It's called "Do well, Not Disturb," man. Well, that wasn't an issue. They don't have a. Do, they got. They got a. They got a phone from the Kennedy administration, but not a "Do Not Disturb" sign for you to hang on the door. <laughs> no, there is. There is no "Do Not Disturb" sign what? either. Oh my god! I, I don't. I don't want to shame publicly. No, 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 don't, don't, don't. You're already in yeah. trouble with your phone carrier. Don't be. Don't do that. All right. Uh, thanks, Mike. I hope I to see you shortly. I don't want a sprint sponsorship anymore. They're dead. <laughs> 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 thanks, man. That's Mike Florio right here. I love talking to him, man. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Davis Love the is going to join us in about 15 minutes' time. You don't want to miss that conversation. I'll be coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the show. For those listening on Terrestrial Radio, we just played a segment of Kevin Costner here in 2018. By the way, to promote the upcoming series Yellowstone that he was starring. Remember that? We're like, he's doing television? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yes. Not just television, but a, uh, a show that uh, has lit up television, including right here on Peacock, which is where Susie and I are catching up on the series right now. And um, telling the story about Vin Scully calling the action of Billy Chappell in Love of the Game, for Love of the Game, which was the movie that Costner made, essentially, um, and wrote and starred in, called For Love of the Game. And had he called the big finish of the movie, and they wrote things out for Vin to do, and Vin says, can I just see the what you got? Just <laughs> just play the, play the film for me. And they played six minutes, the, like, the like, final six this. minutes, and he just, off the top of his head, called the action. Like, I, all right, you play what you've got. Right. I will do what I do for a living, which was look at the action and describe it. And it was perfect, according to Costner. And the director then does what directors do, which is, we have one for safety. Can we try it again? And Scully says, do we have to? <laughs> All right. And Costner said he, the way he describes his story, he's just like, oh, God, I can't even look at Vin like he's telling the directors, asking the all-time great to try one more shot, and he apparently did a little bit better at hey, it. Hey, give me one more, Vin. And then Costner was one of the people that spoke at Scully's farewell in 2016 in Dodger Stadium. Some of the many. Do we have uh, put up the statement we got, uh, or we're going to get that later on? Because we, we reached out to Costner. He's on the set of Yellowstone now. Oh, wow. And we reached out to Brian Cranston, who gave us – he's he's shooting all day. He gave us a statement. So we'll play that. We'll, we'll show that later. Because Cranston knows Scully and uh, is a diehard Dodger fan. Uh, let's go to Jimmy in San Antonio, one of our favorites. What's up, Jimmy? Como estas today? Uh, we are doing well. How are you doing? Oh, uh, just bummed like everybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, I started my broadcasting career in 96, and I was a producer for Brian Anderson, the current commentator for San Antonio Missions, who was owned back then by the O'Malley. So mm -hmm. the Dodger connection, of course, was running rampant. And it's like, what's the old quote about Vin? Um he uses words, and his words he can paint like Picasso. Other broadcasters are just painting by the numbers. That's a good one. I like that. Um, I, like I, that I, I can't remember who said it, and, but the he's a legend to everybody. You didn't have to be in sports broadcasting to be a fan and know of Vin Scully's accolades. It's it's just a bummer, but he had a tremendous life. I mean, you were talking about 67 years. No one's going to go through the historical moments that that man has done. Exactly. And then meet the moment every time, too. Thanks for the call, Jimmy. Greatly appreciate it. Bob Costas is going to join us in hour number three on this very subject matter. And then, of course, the way that the trade deadline finished up, Philly's made quite a, a burst of activity yesterday towards the end. Um, so uh, today is the first full day uh, of baseball in which we're going to see the fruits of everybody's trade deadline labor. And we'll see how that all plays out. Bob Costas will join us in hour number three. DeForest Buckner is going to join us in hour number two, our next hour, from the Indianapolis Colts. But first up is Davis Love III, who uh, wrote, uh, I believe, on uh, golf.com quite a tome about defending the PGA Tour with the Live Tour storm in the gates. And uh, he will be joining us in the next hour uh, of this program to give us his two considerable cents on that. And maybe I'll bring up my glory at winged foot as well to him. <laughs> what glory is that? Uh, I almost broke 100 there I one mean, day. a little different than what he did. Yeah, I mean. 
Well, he won the PGA Championship there. Right. And I, I almost broke 100. I mean, keyword almost. 99? Oh, no, 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 no. 105? I don't know. Maybe I'll. 110? Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Back here, uh, still here on Peacock. What's the poll question results towards the end of hour oh, number one here, Chris? Okay, hour one. That. I have, yeah, I hit, hit that hit again. That. So, your favorite that. of Vince Scully's famous uh, legendary calls to catch Gibson's home run, Buckner from the 86 series, or Hank Aaron's record breaker, 45% Kirk Gibson's home run. Okay. 17, uh, sorry, 22% Hank Aaron, 17% the catch, and 16% Bill Buckner. Okay, I got to hit that again, right? Let me hit it here. Yeah, hit that right now. Okay. Um, you put it up there? There it is. Okay. I will re-hit that, I guess. I mean, how do you not How do you not choose Aaron's record breaker? Yeah, if you're of a certain age, I think you were around for it. I mean, it, I guess it's kind of what you were. Although these are all pretty. Gibson's home run. These are all I pretty dated, you know. I mean, the catch. 89. You know the crazy 80. thing about the catch is the radio call was called by Jack Buck. Yep. Jack Buck was on the radio call, yeah. and Vin Scully was on the television call. <laughs> and the, the thing about the, the catch, Mooch told me this. Eddie DeBartolo, the owner of the 49ers at the time, the longtime owner of the 49ers, has the goalpost from Candlestick on his property, I believe in Montana, in a field, and at the exact distance from the goalpost, the actual goalpost, they marked it off between the goalpost and where Dwight Clark made the catch. Dwight Clark is interred there. He is buried on the spot in the exact distance from the same goalpost. Un, that's that's how that's seminal a moment amazing. this was in the history of the 49ers. And then, of course, you can't tell the story of football without this rivalry, without Montana, and without the catch. Called on the radio by Jack Buck wow. and on television by Vince Gunn. I found some pictures on Twitter of, of what... Yeah, I think Mooch, Mooch told me that. It's I'm a, like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. But that is the case. Yeah, you can that see. That is where Dwight Clark is, is buried. Yep. That is where he is buried. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. Davis Love the Third. when we come back with you.